You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Are you kidding me? You are looking live. Winning cures everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. Welcome in, Winning Cures Everything. It is the Wednesday, December 22nd edition of the show. I am your host, Gary Seegers. You can follow me on Twitter at GaryWCE. Chris is out again, but you know that on Wednesdays, we've got a lot of games to pick. we got NFL games I'm going to preview. I will give you my five picks for Week 16 of the NFL for our Super Contest. And on top of that, we've got some news to discuss in the world of college football. So... Uh, so we will go ahead and get started with that. Before we do, uh, I want to send out my condolences, uh, thoughts, prayers, all of that to, if you guys remember, longtime listeners of the show, we had Mike Glenn, the former owner of the New Daisy Theater, uh, former boxing promoter, etc., concert promoter, uh, his mother passed over the weekend. So I uh, went to the visitation on Tuesday for the funeral. I uh, got to see quite a few people and whatnot uh, express my, uh, or I guess pay my respects to uh, his mother, uh, to Mrs. Glenn, and to Mike himself. Uh, everyone's okay. Everyone's good. Um, but wanted to pay our respects and, of course, send out condolences here on the show. So now, um, I do want to talk about this right quick. Uh, moving into sports. Bowl game numbers. The ratings for the bowl games, anybody that was confused as to why BYU would be such a valuable property in college football expansion, uh, the bowl game ratings uh, would tell you a little bit. The Independence Bowl was the highest rated bowl game over the past weekend. UAB and BYU on ABC drew 3.221 million viewers. That is a really, really big number. The next closest one, the Jimmy Kimmel Bowl. On ABC, the LA Bowl, uh, Utah State and Oregon State did a 2.89 million viewers number, and that's insane. That's really good for Oregon State and Utah State because nobody really cares about those two, but they were able to get eyeballs on them, and that was pretty impressive. But BYU being a bigger draw than the Jimmy Kimmel Bowl in a primetime spot on Saturday night, uh, pretty big job by the BYU fans. So cheers to all of you. Uh, the other numbers here, Jackson State, of course, uh, Deion Sanders, anytime he is on network television, he's going to do a big number. Uh, the Celebration Bowl did 2.587 million. Uh, Western Kentucky and App State on ESPN, the Boca Raton Bowl did 1.623 million. And number five, UTEP Fresno State on ESPN, the New Mexico Bowl did 1.523 million. So uh, there, was, there were only two bowl games. I take that back. South Dakota State, Montana State was an FCS game. That did 795,000. MTSU and Toledo did 851,000. Every other bowl game reached a million viewers. That's pretty impressive on average. That is why bowl games exist, because of viewership. So uh, let's dive into the, the recap right quick, or the rundown. 
give you exactly what you need to know. Go to winningcureseverything.com. That is your one-stop shop. Go ahead and check out what we've got over there. All of our shows are posted there, including the shows from uh, our other uh, contracted sites, contracted shows, etc. Speaking of that, I host the college football show for BetUS. And, of course, BetUS gives you the show every single time out. Go to BetUS.com. They are where the game begins. It's America's premier online sports book. There are all kinds of deals and bonuses, especially around the holiday season. There is a link in the description for that. There is also a link in the description for the BetUS College Football Show, and you can find that there. I host the show on Wednesday afternoons and Thursday uh, at 11 a.m. Central Time. So uh, go ahead and check that out if you would so kindly. First topic that I want to get into today. Georgia. The director of football operations, Josh Lee, has resigned effective immediately. And this is an interesting story. It was a statement that was sent to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution late Monday in response to requests for comments. Uh, The statement that was sent over is that Lee had resigned to pursue other professional opportunities, and they declined further comment. Uh, I'm sure that some of you may remember Georgia a few years ago when Kirby Smart got there, pushed for legislation to basically do away with the Freedom of Information Act when it came to Georgia athletics. And this is the first real situation where we've had uh, somebody trying to get a FOIA request, and it was denied. So this whole thing, Josh Lee, it says, resigned as Georgia's director of football ops amid an investigation by Georgia's Equal Opportunity Office. The investigation concerned allegations of sexual harassment, according to people familiar with the situation. Uh, they they did an open records request. The AJC did. And Georgia cited state policy OCGA 50.18.72A8 that keeps material obtained in investigations related to suspension, firing, or investigation of complaints exempt from open records review until 10 days after the matter has been concluded. This is kind of a big deal. We are going to have a difficult time figuring out exactly what is going on here. Um, this is a this is a weird situation, right? All of this stuff was going on weeks ago, and it was just a couple of weeks ago that Josh Lee was still actually working with Georgia. His job there is... Uh, scouting out bowl sites. Uh, he, let's see, he's responsible for organizing all team-related activities and overseas travel and budget. Uh, he's been with the Bulldogs since December 2014. Uh, this is this is interesting, very interesting. We'll we'll see what comes of this. Uh, but I think the big reason why they want these FOIA requests to be denied is so that they have a time, uh, however long it is, to clean their tracks, right? So I don't know what exactly this will mean going forward for Georgia, but it is very interesting that this is going on right before uh, their college football playoff game against Michigan. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, They're going to have to get somebody in there that understands exactly what to do with organizing this bowl trip, Uh, unless he's already done it, which is entirely possible, right? Who knows? But somebody will have to come in. Um, it said, as recently as last week, Lee accompanied Georgia personnel on scouting trips to the CFP sites. So that's uh, that's interesting. Very, very interesting. Next up on the board, let's talk about Texas A&M right quick. We've got a couple of things to hit on with them. Uh, and also Miami. Same thing here. Texas A&M bowl practices are being, uh, we'll say, delayed. I guess at Billy Lucci over at Texags said, per, more, uh, per multiple sources, Texas A&M football operations bowl prep shut down since Saturday due to a COVID outbreak within the program, mainly consisting of vaccinated players. Team has been meeting via Zoom since Saturday, and multiple positions have been hit particularly hard. This is, um, this is strange. Miami has the same kind of thing going on here. Uh, they announced... I believe it was Ralph Russo, somebody else. Um, but they they said, here we go, Miami football and COVID protocols. Miami Athletics announced Tuesday 
Its football program is currently in COVID protocols and is adhering to the outlined uh, guidelines within the ACC Medical Advisory Group report, which is available at theacc.com. It says the university remains committed to its goal of participating in the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl in El Paso, Texas on Friday, December 31st against Washington State while ensuring the continued health and safety of its student-athletes, coaches, and staff. So, uh, so we got COVID issues everywhere. Like, this is becoming a huge, huge problem. If you follow college basketball, you are seeing there is really no way to stop this this variant. I am curious what it's going to mean for the college football playoff, and we will talk about that here momentarily because the protocols that are in place I don't think are going to help. I, I, they're not going to curb anything, and I wonder what it's going to mean as far as players having to sit out. So we'll we'll figure all that out as we go along. Um, another Texas A&M bit of news, Jalen Watermeyer has opted out of the bowl game and is planning to go to the NFL. Now that is just one of many that have opted out of the bowl game so far for Texas A&M. Uh, and I would imagine we will hear more, and it's you're you're gonna see you're gonna see a B team, I think, for Texas A&M in in their game against Wake Forest. I'm not sure uh, who all is actually available to play at this point, uh, but it could be could be interesting. Could be interesting. So I brought up COVID and the college football playoff. Alabama has reinstituted. Excuse me reinstated <laughs> just ridiculous trying to do this show by myself is so ridiculous uh, but either way Alabama has reinstated their safety protocols from the 2020 football season when of course everybody was there was no vaccine at that point everybody was trying to figure out exactly what to do uh, it says with COVID-19 cases surging nationally and games in the NFL being impacted by the pandemic again Alabama is returning to its safety protocols from a year ago as it uh, prepares to participate in the CFP. Uh, it says that the team's back to wearing masks in the facility, social distancing during meetings. Uh, more than 90% of the players are vaccinated and also have received their booster shots. That's kind of a big deal. But we have, of course, seen multiple instances of this Omicron variant for COVID affecting people that have their boosters as well. So I don't know that any of these any of these things that they are doing, any of these protocols are going to be able to help prevent the spread of this because this thing is highly, highly contagious. So nobody has even discussed, really, from what I understand, what is going to happen if you have big-time starters or a, just massive position groups being pushed out of the date of the CFP, right? I don't believe that we have a forfeit rule for the playoff. So do they move the dates because this does not have anything to do with the Rose Bowl anymore? How far back can they push this? I'm I'm very interested. Uh, Nick Saban said, am I concerned? I'm always concerned when there's an issue out there and we want to do the best we can to help our players be concerned about the issue and respect it so that they have the best opportunity to stay safe. Uh this is this is interesting. So what Alabama is doing, and, and this is going for all of the players, right? Uh, Georgia, Michigan, and Cincinnati. It says the players practiced on Monday, and then they're going to get a few days off to spend time with their families before they return and travel to Texas on December 26th. This is where the issue is going to come in because they're all going home to visit with family, and then they have to come back and they travel on December 26th. Now, this is like this for every team that's in the CFP. Uh, Saban said he and his staff are doing their best to educate players on the risks of the virus and sending them home with a, quote, care package with everything they need to stay safe. He said they're really bought in to do everything they can to stay safe. Uh, there's no guarantee, so we want to use every protocol we can to help them stay safe. Uh, this is going to be interesting. I mean, we've seen a ton of games postponed in the NFL. Uh, Tuesday, there's games being played because of a massive number of COVID positives. Vaccines, et cetera, it doesn't appear that those are really uh, helping stop the spread of this. So if that is the case, what are we going to do as far as the playoff games? If Alabama ends up having 
an entire position group wiped out or whatever it is. What is the next step? I don't know what the answer to that is. So I'm I'm curious to see what they'll end up doing here, but that's uh it's going to be interesting to see. I will say that. My guess is they will allow it to be postponed so that we actually get the game in because the ratings are going to be monster and I think that they might almost be totally fine with moving these games off of New Year's Eve. So if we do have a bunch of positives, etc., we'll see. We'll see what happens. All right. The next topic we like to hit on some of the transfer portal stuff, so let's go on and dive into it. Jameer Gibbs, running back from Georgia Tech, has announced that he is transferring to Alabama. He was a freshman uh, last year, and he is going to uh, add a little bit of depth to that running back room. And Gibbs ran for 746 yards, four touchdowns this season. He earned a spot on the All-ACC team as a running back. So you have an All-ACC running back, that is now transferring over to Alabama. And the Tide are also getting, of course, Eli Ricks that we mentioned last week on the show. Uh, Eli Ricks, a former five-star cornerback, uh, graded incredibly highly at PFF. Uh, it's it, it, the same thing over and over. Same thing over and over. Along with that, Jack Miller, quarterback, Ohio State, is headed to Florida. So <laughs> I was reading some of the message boards earlier, and Florida fans are convinced that this is the next Joe Burrow. I think that there's really only one of those. But that, that's not to say that, that Jack Miller can't come in and be a successful quarterback. Of course, he's going to compete with Anthony Richardson for the job. But uh, that's, you know, we'll see. We'll see. I'm curious about this. Uh, but Miller, of course, was a highly sought-after recruit, four-star quarterback. And I think the writing was on the wall in Columbus this year. Ohio State's quarterback is going to be C.J. Stroud. This is the second quarterback that's transferred out of that room. You know, who who knows what to expect going forward from that. All right, we've got a ton of picks to get to, so let's go ahead and dive into NFL Week 16 picks. Chris sent me his picks for these games, so we will go ahead and dive into them. Uh, and I'll try and break them down the best that I can. Best that I can on this. Uh, we'll start off. Well, let me go on and tell you this. Week 16, last week, I went 3-6, and six, Chris went 2-7. and seven. We did not do well. All this COVID stuff really messed us up because we picked games, you know, on, on the Wednesday morning show. That's the way that we do this. So, uh, total on the season, I am 65-62. and 62. Chris is 46-72. and 72. And hopefully we will be better uh, next week. Hopefully we will be better. Um so let's, let's dive in. The first game here, Thursday night, we've got the San Francisco 49ers heading to the Tennessee Titans. Uh, the odds, of course, brought to you by BetUS, where the game begins. It's America's premier online sports book. Click the link in the description. The 49ers, 5-1 and one against the spread in their last six. They are 4-1 and one against the spread uh, in their last five as a road favorite. They are 5-2 and two against the number against winning teams. Now, if we just want to talk about Thursday night specials, at Thursday night football, they are 3-8 and eight against the number, or the 49ers. The Titans are 1-4 and four against the number in their last five. 5-2 five and two against the spread, though, as a dog. And they are 2-6 and six against the number on Thursday night. So neither one of these teams performs particularly well on Thursdays. If you look at the head-to-head -head matchup here, uh, San Francisco has been playing pretty well as of late. And their number's absolutely show that. They are number seven overall in total DVOA. Tennessee is number 23. Uh, Tennessee's offense is 24. Tennessee's defense is actually moving up the board. They are number 13. Uh, but San Francisco's offense is number four, and San Francisco's defense is number nine. Uh, this San Francisco offense, so long as Debo Samuel is playing, uh, they look really, really good. Uh, Chris and I both have agreed on this one. We are both going to take the 49ers minus three and a half, but man, that is tough tough on a Thursday night going across the country you know I, I, I don't feel great about it but but you know 49ers minus three and a half appears to be the right play uh, Tennessee is just not super efficient at anything and so long as Debo Samuel plays I, I think uh, I think the 49ers are going to get that win the next game on the board here we got the Browns at the Packers 
Now, the Cleveland Browns uh, ravaged right now, and they they got beat up on Monday by the Raiders. Still found a way to keep that game close. Uh, Nick Chubb was doing his thing, etc., but they were all the way down to Nick Mullen, who was signed like three days prior, and almost found a way to win the game. They are eight-and-a-half-point underdogs at Green Bay, total of 44-and-a-half. Give you some of the trends here, of course. Um, Browns are 1-and-4 against the spread in their last five games, but they are 5-and-1 against the spread in road games against winning teams, so they certainly show up in spots like this. Uh, the Packers are 11-and-2 against the spread in their last 13, 16-and-5 against the number in their last 21 as, uh, as a home favorite. And they are one and five. Uh, excuse me. No, no, no. Five and zero oh, uh, in their last five as home favorites. So the the Packers have been playing insanely well. And Chris and I, I think, are going to go opposite on this one. Chris is going to take the Browns plus eight and a half. Just feels like it's too many points here. Totally understand where he's coming from, but the Packers have continued to surprise me week in and week out. They just find ways to win. They just find ways to win big. They cover a ridiculous amount of the time. Uh, I will take the Packers. Packers minus 8.5 uh, appears to be, and to me, it looks like the right side. Uh, Cleveland's offense is number 12, but if they don't have all their guys, who knows? The Green Bay defense is their biggest weakness. Green Bay's offense is number 2 in total DVOA. They, they are incredibly efficient. And the Cleveland defense is all the way down at number 15. So... I, I like those odds, especially in Lambeau. Uh, give me the Packers minus 8.5. Chris is going to take the Browns. Moving on from there, let's move to another Saturday game, uh, which you know we are now deep into, <laughs> deep into the Saturday NFL routine. The Colts and the Cardinals. This is Saturday, 7.15 p.m. Central Time. The Cardinals are a one-point favorite as it sits right now. Total of 44.5. Colts 4-0 against the spread as a road dog. 8-3 against the spread in their last 11 games overall. And they are 5-2 against the spread against winning teams. So all those numbers sound perfectly fine, right? The Cardinals 4-1 against the spread after a spread loss. They are 1-4 against the spread their last five as a favorite. They are 2-7 against the spread against winning teams. All of that makes sense. Chris is going to ride with the Colts plus one. I, however, am going on the opposite side here. Uh, I'm going to take the Cardinals. Cardinals back at home. They haven't played great at home. I understand that. But this is one of those situation games where the Colts just got a big win over the Pats. The Cardinals just took a massive loss to the, the hapless Lions. It seems too easy to go with the Colts, right? When you look at the numbers here, both of these teams, neck and neck. Number eight for total DVOA for Indianapolis. Number nine, total DVOA for Arizona. Uh, and when you look at Arizona's defense, I mean, that is the strength of this team. They are they are really, really good. Number five in DVOA on defense. Their offense is only number 17, uh, but that is partially because they've had so many guys out. Now, I know that Hopkins is out for the rest of the season. I get that. J.J. Uh, Watt out for the rest of the season. I get that. But this team seems to show up at the craziest times, right? When when you least expect it. And I think that's what they're going to do here. I think the Cardinals are going to win the game. If I've only got to lay one, that's what I'm going to do. So give me the Cardinals minus one there. Uh, we'll move to Sunday. And 12 p.m. Central Time on Sunday, the Ravens at the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals are a two-and-a-half point favorite. Total of 44-and-a-half on this one, which, by the way, that is... Uh, one, two, three, four straight games where the total is 44 and a half. I mean, just absurd. So uh, the road team in this matchup is five and one against the spread in their last six. Uh, the Bengals, of course, whipped the Ravens earlier this season. Uh, Ravens are six and one against the spread following a straight up loss. Of course, they got beat by the Packers last week. They are five and one against the spread as a road dog in their last six. They are five and one against the spread against winning teams and even better, just to toss it on top, 10-3 and three against the number against AFC North teams. Now, the Bengals on the other side, 2-5 and five against the spread following a spread win. Of course, they got the win against the Broncos last Sunday. 2-5 um, and five against the spread as a home favorite, and they are 1-5 and five against the spread in their last six games at home. 
They don't play well in Cincinnati for whatever reason. We have seen that home field advantage doesn't really exist, right? The At most, it's maybe a quarter of a point. Like, it just has not meant a whole lot this year. And I think that the Ravens, uh, coming off of that loss against the Packers, they understand how big this game actually is. You look at the head-to-head, number 15 in total DVOA for the Bengals, uh, excuse me, for the Ravens, number 19 for the Bengals. Uh, Cincinnati's offense is number 20. Their defense is number 11 in efficiency. Baltimore's defense is number 27. The Baltimore offense is number 16. Joe Burrow is really good, and Jamar Chase is really good. But that is not Aaron Rodgers that they are playing in Cincinnati. This looks like a revenge spot for me. Chris and I are going to go separate on this one as well. He's taking the Bengals to cover the 2.5. I'm going to take the Ravens plus 2.5. I think the Ravens can win this game outright, whether Lamar Jackson plays or not. I think the matchup is there for them. They know this team. And like I said, they're 10-3 and three against the spread against the AFC North teams in the last 13 uh, in the road team. In this specific game, this specific matchup, the road team is 5-1 and one against the number in the last six. So I will take the Ravens plus 2.5 there. Moving on from there, we have got another 12 p.m. Central Time game. And that would be... The Rams headed to Minneapolis to take on the Minnesota Vikings. Vikings are a three-point dog. Total of 49 here. Uh, The Rams, let me just go on and tell you this. The Rams are 0-6 against the spread in their last six visits. uh, Or not visits, but just six games against the Minnesota Vikings. Kind of strange to see that much dominance, at least covering the spread for one team. Uh, The Vikings being 6-0 against the Rams is pretty impressive. Um, going through some of the trends here, of course, Rams 2-5 and five against the spread in their last seven, 1-5 and five against the spread as a favorite. However, they are 9-3-1 against the spread in their last 13 in December. And that's when you're getting ramped up for the playoffs, right? So all of these trends are bad except for the fact that the later in the season they get, the Rams typically tend to play better. The Vikings 5-2 and two against the spread in their last seven, 5-2 and two against the spread as a dog, and... They are 4-1 and one against the spread against winning teams. But all of that is moot when you are 3-7 and seven against the spread at home. They typically get a little more juice when they are playing at home in Minneapolis. Uh, when you look at just the head-to-head matchup here, I, I like what Minnesota's been doing lately. Like, I, I really do. Uh, Minnesota number 13 in overall efficiency. The Rams are number 4. But I, I think that I like what the Vikings are doing, especially at home here. Uh, Chris said that he wants to take the Rams minus the three. I'm going to go the opposite side again. I'm going to take the Vikings plus three here. I think the Vikings can win the game outright. This team seems to be gelling at a really good time. Uh, The Rams as well. I get that. But everything has been coming up roses for the Rams as of late. I tend to think that this will be a spot that the Vikings can can really dominate. I, I think that with Dalvin Cook playing, etc., I think they're going to be good. Uh, I think they can run the ball on the Rams. So give me the Vikings, plus three. Look for, uh, look for a big game from Kirk Cousins, I guess. So <laughs> another 12 p.m. Central Time game on Sunday. The Patriots, a two-and-a-half-point favorite at home against the Buffalo Bills. Total of 43-and-a-half here. The underdog is 4-1-1 one, and one against the spread in the last six in this matchup. So the last uh, however many years here. Bills 5-2 and two against the spread as a dog. However, they are only 1-4 and four against the spread against winning teams, and they are 0-4 against the spread coming off a straight-up win. Now, as a road underdog, they're 8-3-2 uh, in their last however many that is. Uh, 13, I think. It sounds pretty good for them. The Patriots, however, 5-0 and against the spread as a favorite this year. 7-1 and against the spread in their last eight games. They did not cover last week against the Colts. Um, and they are 4-1 and against the spread after a straight-up loss. 4-1 and against the spread at home. The Patriots have been awesome this year. And the Bills are one of those teams that is uh, incredibly volatile. We don't really know what we're going to get on a week-in, week-out basis. Uh, the Patriots, number 5 in total DVOA. Buffalo, uh, number 3 in total DVOA. Um, Variants on these two teams, the Patriots number 30 and Buffalo number 32. Variants means basically volatility. You don't know what you're going to get week in and week out. 
So if you uh, if you do a weighted DVOA, which is opponent adjusted, the Patriots are actually number one, and the Buffalo Bills are number five in efficiency. So you look at these uh, you look at these numbers. Neither offense is great, but the two defenses are ranked number one and number two in the NFL in efficiency. That's pretty good. That is pretty good. I tend to trust Bill Belichick coming off of a loss. I know I trusted him last week coming off of a bye. I think the loss last week to the Colts really got their attention. This is a divisional game. Again, they will be fired up for this one. I know it's a revenge spot for the Bills. Doesn't matter to me. Uh, Chris and I both are taking the Patriots to cover two and a half here. I like it. I like it. All right. We got three more to hit on our big game previews here. Uh, As always, if you would, jump in the comments, jump in the chat. I would like to hear your thoughts on the games as well. Let me know which which side you're taking. I want to know what side you're rolling with. So definitely hop in and do that. The Steelers at the Chiefs. This is a 3.25 p.m. Central Time game. Chiefs are a 9.5-point favorite. Total of 46. Uh, Steelers 5-1 and one against the spread against the AFC in their last six. They are 5-1 and one against the spread against winning teams this year. They are 13-6 and six in their last 19 as a road underdog. However... They are 0-6 against the spread after a spread win. And they certainly got that with a straight-up win last week over the Tennessee Titans. Uh, the Chiefs are 5-0 and against the spread in their last five. 4-9 and against the spread as a home favorite. 4-1 and against the spread uh, their last five in December. They typically play better once they start gearing up for the playoffs. And that is, that's the spot that we're in now. So, looking at all of this, uh, the Steelers make absolutely no sense. No sense. Uh, you you look at their metrics. You look at their numbers. I I don't understand it. Uh, Pittsburgh is number 21 in total efficiency. Kansas City is number 6. Pittsburgh's defense is number 20. Pittsburgh's offense is number 22. The Kansas City defense has moved all the way up to number 14 in defensive efficiency. And their offense is number 6. They still got weapons all over the field. They got da-da-da-da-da. But for whatever reason, the Steelers have kind of had the Chiefs' number. I, I tend to think that the Steelers will at least stay in this game. And nine and a half feels like it's just way too much, even though the numbers would tell you that they should certainly be close to double-digit underdogs. Uh, but Chris and I both agree on this. Steelers plus nine and a half appears to be the play, even though the Chiefs have been rolling against the number here lately. Uh, I think this is the spot where they they might get caught a little bit. I'm not saying that they won't win. I'm saying that... Uh, I'm saying that I think the Steelers, the way that they play, can find a way to stay in this game. So so we will take the Steelers plus the 9.5. Chris is doing so as well. Last two games, we've got Sunday night football. I'm writing down my times here. Washington headed to Dallas to take on the Cowboys. The Cowboys are a 10.5-point favorite. And I'm sure some of you are thinking, what in the world... Are you talking about the Cowboys being a 10.5-point favorite? Uh, they've, they've been rolling everybody in the NFC East. Uh, you want to look at some of this. Uh, the total is 47 on this game, by the way. Uh, Dallas 11-1 against the spread in their last 12 against the NFC East. They are 4-0 against the spread against losing teams. They are 8-2 against the spread their last 10 as a favorite. Like, they've been a covering machine. However, Washington 4-1 against the spread in their last five games. They're 5-2 against the spread against winning teams. But they are two and six against the spread after a straight up, or excuse me, after a uh, spread loss, and one and four against the spread against the NFC East. Now here is the stat that that I am going to roll with here, and this is a normal trend: the Washington Football Team ten and four against the spread their last fourteen in Dallas. The number just gets juiced a little bit too high. This Dallas offense has not been great uh, over the past however many weeks. They've just appeared to be in a funk. They only put up twenty one points on the Giants last week. And while I do think that Dallas wins this game, 10.5 just feels like it could be way too many points. Way, way too many points. Uh, The Dallas offense, at one point, I think was up to number two in total DVOA. They're all the way down to number seven at this point. And if it's weighted, they're at number 13. I don't know what to make of this. Uh, The Dallas defense has been lights out this year. They're number three in overall DVOA. Uh, excuse me, total DVOA. Uh, the Washington offense is number 19. The Washington defense is number 28. 
However, Washington has been playing uh, much better. Much better. Now, who knows what to make of it. I think the I think the Washington defense will show up a little bit in this game. I think they will stay close enough to Dallas. Uh, but I don't expect a lot of points from either team here. I just for whatever reason, there's been a funk going on with Dallas. I'm going to I'm going to roll with the Washington football team, and Chris is doing the same here. I still think Dallas wins. I just think it's closer than ten and a half. I'll say that. Closer than ten and a half. All right, finally, Monday night football. Let's dive into this. Uh, and we've got, I've still got bowl games to hit. I've got several other things. So stick around with us, of course. I've got my super contest picks to hand out as well here in just a second. Monday Night Football, the Miami Dolphins against the New Orleans Saints. Um, didn't write down a ton of trends on this one. The Saints are a three-point favorite here. Total of 39 and a half, which is kind of crazy. Kind of crazy. Um Let's so so let's dive into some of these trends, right? Miami five one and one against the spread in their last seven games. They are five one and one against the spread as a road underdog. They are. I mean, there's all kind of things that you get into. Four and zero against the spread their last four after allowing less than 150 yards passing in the previous game. Well, they played against the Jets, so like, who knows? Um, they are zero and three. Sorry, zero three and one against the spread in the last four following a spread loss. Because uh, they did not cover against the Jets last week, there's just a lot that you can like about the Dolphins here. Six and two against the number the last eight games in December. But uh, when you look at the Saints, seven and three against the spread their last ten games in December, um, and then they're two and five against the spread their last seven as a favorite. They are one and four against the spread their last five home games. One and five against the spread in their last six Monday night games, and they are one and six against the spread in the last seven following a spread win. Now Chris likes the Saints, and their defense has been lights out. They have been really, really good. Uh, when I am looking at the Miami Dolphins against this New Orleans Saints defense, the, I think the Saints defense played a perfect game against the Bucks last week, and I don't know that you can do that two weeks in a row. Uh, Taysom Hill did not play badly at all. Uh, and overall, I mean, the Saints maybe should actually be favored by a little bit more if you just look at the overall numbers, but they still have all of the Jameis games in there for the Saints. So I don't know that we can look at it the exact same. Miami's offense isn't great, but they have been a lot better as of late, especially now that Tua is healthy. Uh, this Miami defense has actually been pretty good. Number 12 in total DVOA. Uh, the New Orleans defense is number four. Like Cam Jordan and what they are doing with the Saints is just unbelievable. Chris is going to take the Saints here. I'm going to trust Tua. I'm going to trust Tua, and and I think the Dolphins can get this thing done uh, plus three in New Orleans on Monday night. I, I think the Dolphins are vying for a playoff spot. I think they're going to be really good to close out the year. Uh, New Orleans, I just don't know that they're going to be able to score a lot. Like I just, I, I don't trust them to be able to put up a ton of points. I think that Miami can be more explosive. They, uh, they have the running backs back all next week. They got Jalen Waddle back. Uh, I think they'll be able to find ways through the passing game and and through the running game to be able to put points on the board. I don't know that New Orleans is going to be able to do that. So give me the Dolphins plus three. Chris likes the Saints minus three. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With that said, let's dive into the Super Contest picks here. Week 16 in the NFL, Ravens. I'm going, no, well, first off, here. Last week, I went 3-2. and two. Overall, I'm 44-31 and 31 
on the season. That is not bad. It, it pretty pretty good profit there. Chris went four and one last week. Uh, he is now thirty three, thirty five, and two overall on the season. He does not have picks this week, uh, but I have got my five. So let me go on and read them out for you. Ravens plus two and a half at the Bengals. We have already talked about that one. Uh, the Lions at the Falcons. I like the Falcons to cover four and a half at home. Uh, Lions, again, played a perfect game against the Cardinals last week. I don't think you can do that two games in a row. Uh, the Falcons got absolutely blitzed by the 49ers last week. Uh, give me the Falcons to cover the four and a half uh, at home. Chargers minus nine at Houston. Again, Houston played great against the Jaguars last week. Uh, the Chargers lost a just a tough one in overtime against the uh, against the Chiefs last uh, Thursday night. Chargers coming off a little more rest. Uh, the Texans, you know, at Texans, it's tough to figure out exactly what you get week in and week out. But I think the Chargers can cover the nine. I think they should be favored by 12. So if I've got three points of value there, that's the way I'm going. Uh, the Rams at the Vikings. I'm going to take the Vikings plus three here. Uh, everything's been going too good for the Rams. I expect the Vikings to be better here. And I'm going to take the Raiders. Minus one at home against the Broncos. Teddy Bridgewater not going to play. I don't trust Drew Locke. Uh, and when you look at just the overall teams here, uh, I think the Raiders are starting to get some things figured out. Uh, you know, we'll we'll see exactly what that means. Uh, but overall stats on this, uh, the Raiders, their offense, number 18. Denver's defense is number 21. The Denver offense is number 10 in total DVOA. But that's with Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback. Uh, you take him out, and that thing reduces significantly. So I think that the Ravens, excuse me, the Raiders are going to be able to cover at home against the Denver Broncos. So, that'll take us over to bowl games. we got three games that we're going to try and discuss. All right. Uh, don't forget, these are not my official picks. These are just our pick em game to keep track of which way I'm leaning on every game for bowl season. When Chris gets back, he'll be picking these along with me, and uh, we can see who's got the better record and all that good stuff. But, with uh, with these bowl games, we'll start off with this. The Armed Forces Bowl, it is Missouri against Army. Now, at one point, I had a list of bowl game gifts, and I'm going to see if I've got them. Uh, Army is a six-and-a-half-point favorite here in the Armed Forces Bowl, and I like it. I, I, I like Army a lot. Uh, Tyler Beatty is not going to play. Again, if you want to go over and watch, since this, uh, this show is going to be at uh, da, 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 9 a.m., Central Time on Wednesday. Uh, make sure and watch this afternoon on the Bet US College Football Show. And we will break this game down in much more depth. But Missouri missing a bunch of guys. They are starting a freshman quarterback. Uh, Brady Cook, I believe is his name. I don't know that Missouri cares a lot about this game. Right? With Tyler Beatty not playing, and, and it was a coach's decision, which is really weird, uh, I don't know that I expect them to put up a ton of points. I think that Army is the significantly more disciplined football team. I, the line has gone from Army minus 3.5 all the way up to 6.5, and, and I still kind of think that I like Army here uh, because I think they're going to be pissed off about the way that they played last week. So uh, the gifts on this one, by the way, gift suite, uh, action face figure, I don't know what that is, a Google Chromecast, and a commemorative football. Now, Chromecast, you can get for like 25 bucks. Uh, a football that's got like the Armed Forces Bowl logo on it, I guess that's kind of cool. Uh, an action face figure, I just, I, I have no idea. I, that, none of that makes sense to me. Action face figure. Um, Army is going to be able to run the football. On Missouri, Missouri's rush defense has been significantly better as of late, but action face figure. Oh, it's a 3D. That's weird. Okay, it's a it's a figurine of yourself. So <laughs> I don't know how they're going to do that for each individual player, but that's uh, very interesting. Very interesting. Uh, Army, I think, is the is the side here. I think Army wants to win this game. I think Missouri is basically using this as a practice to get ready for next season. I don't think Eli Drinkwitz really gives a rip about this. And also, 
Uh, Steve Wilkes, the defensive coordinator, I don't think has actually seen a triple option offense yet. I don't think he knows what to do with this. Now, obviously, he's watched film. He's done all that. Um, but it's a lot tougher when you haven't ever played against it. There's not a lot of triple option offenses in the NFL. I will say that. So give me Army to cover the six and a half here. But um, I don't know if it's going to be an official play. We'll see. Uh, tune into the Bet US College Football Show, and, uh, and I'll let you know on there. The Frisco... Football classic. North Texas against Miami. And this one is right down the street from North Texas. It's about a 30-minute drive over to Frisco from uh, Denton, Texas, I, I believe. I'm not in Texas. I don't know for certain, but we'll we'll talk about that more on the Bet U.S. show. Miami of Ohio is a three-point favorite here. The bowl game gifts for this one uh, is N.A., this is the game that was just created out of thin air to make sure that they had enough bowl games for all of the teams that were bowl eligible. So, uh, looking at some of the numbers here, North Texas 6-0 against the spread in their last six games. They are 5-1 and against the number as an underdog. However, they are 2-5 and against the spread in their last seven bowl games. Uh, Miami of Ohio is 5-0 and against the spread at neutral site games, which is good, but they are 4-13 and against the spread in non-conference games. Chuck Martin, the head coach, is 0-24 straight up in non-conference games at Miami of Ohio. How insane is that? I don't think I can go away from that. I'm, I'm, I think that I like North Texas here. Uh, again, tune into the BetUS College Football Show for you know my official play. But I, I kind of like North Texas to be able to cover this one, especially, you know... At, so much momentum towards the end of the season. I think they can run on on Miami of Ohio. This just doesn't look like a good spot uh, for Chuck Martin in that bunch. So, so yeah, North Texas, uh, for our pick'em purposes, will be my pick here, plus three. Uh, but tune in, of course, BetUS Show to see if that is an official play. And finally, the Gasparilla Bowl. This is UCF and Florida. This one's on Wednesday night. Uh, sorry, Thursday night. Good gracious. That's getting all my days mixed up. Uh, it's at Raymond James Stadium in Tampa. It's UCF and Florida. Florida is now a seven-point favorite here. And why they are a seven-point favorite, I have no idea other than uh, just more talent, I guess. I don't know. None of the numbers would really seem to justify that with the guys that they have out because they've got a ton of dudes that are that are leaving, transferring. Etc. I mean, it's just ridiculous. They fired Dan Mullen. Uh, Anthony Richardson, AR-15, is out with an injury. Uh, wide receiver Jacob Copeland. Uh, the linebacker Diabate is out. Um, however, the Florida interim coach, Greg Knox, is 2-0 and as an interim coach. He's 1-0 at Mississippi State. And, of course, they got the win over Florida State to end the year. But, man, Florida 0-6 against the spread of their last six non-conference games. They are 0-6 against the spread in their last six games overall. Uh, it seemed like they were just kind of done with the season, right? And when I say 0-6 against the spread in their last six, they were still three-and-a-half-point favorites against Florida State when the line closed, and they only won by three. So they didn't cover the spread, but they did win the game. So I guess that's good. Uh, UCF, I mean, there's the numbers don't really work out well for them here. Uh, they I, I, Let me take that back. The trends do not work out well for them. The numbers do. The numbers really look good. UCF could actually get running back Isaiah Bowser back. But I just I, I don't see I think I think UCF is going to be much more fired up for this game. That's what I think. Uh and with it being a full touchdown, why not? For for pick'em purposes, let's go on and do it. Let's go on and do it. I'll I'll take UCF uh to cover the seven here. I, I just think that they are going to be much more fired up than than Florida. Uh, the gifts on this one, by the way. A gift suite, headphones, a cooler backpack, a uh, beach towel, and an ice shaker bottle. Not exactly the most creative bunch that I have seen, but alas, it's not bad. But yes, I will take UCF to cover the seven. I think this game means something to them because of the names on the jersey, as opposed to, uh, or at least the names on the front of the jersey, as opposed to anything else. Uh, Florida... I think kind of just wants to get done with the season. That's that's my initial impression. Now, Greg Knox may be a master motivator, and he may be able to actually get them fired up for this one. 
Like, this is supposed to be little brother. You're supposed to beat them down. You know, don't let them da-da-da-da-da. But we'll see. It's kind of tough to do, especially in a bowl game in December. You know, you've already swapped out coaches. Your new coach is coming in. Maybe they get fired up for the new coach. Who knows? Uh, but I'll take UCF to cover the seven. I expect it to be kind of close and, and kind of low scoring. That's what I expect. I expect defenses to show up in this one. Uh, and, and maybe a lot of running. <laughs> a lot of running. Quick game. Get out of here with the Gasparilla Bowl. So, all right. We went 47 minutes. I think that's going to wrap it up for today. You guys have been fantastic. I certainly appreciate all of you for being here with me uh, the last two days solo. The next time you will see us will be on Christmas Eve morning. And we will have more games to discuss, more bowl games, more topics, everything else. I'm sure that there will be more COVID news when it comes to college football, etc. Uh, when the new year hits, we will be talking about college basketball a little bit more, some of the other things that are going on in this wide world of sports. But again, let me go ahead and tell you, we have hit all of these goals. We have done a, a, a good job, and you guys have really, really responded well. And I cannot thank you enough for doing that. Uh, continue subscribing, continue liking the videos, jump in the comments for us. All of that helps us with the algorithms, etc. You guys have been amazing this year. Uh, if you would, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast if you have not already. And if you are on the podcast and you haven't subscribed to the YouTube channel, go ahead and do that. That's where all the tangible numbers are that we like to pay attention to. So please go and do that. And uh, and yeah, go over to BetUS. They are where the game begins. It's America's premier online sports book. Go ahead and get signed up over there. There's a link in the description for that. I host the BetUS College Football Show every Wednesday and Thursday. So make sure and subscribe to that channel as well and jump in for myself, my buddy Parker, and my buddy Kyle. And, uh, and we will be breaking down games. All of the bowl games will be broken down over there as well as over here. Uh, over here, I will give you all of my leans. Over there, I'm going to give you my official plays. And, uh, and that way you get both of, uh, or I guess the best of both worlds, most certainly. So go ahead and check into those. And, uh, and then Chris, I believe, hopefully will be back with us on Friday. With that said, take care of yourself, take care of each other, and hopefully all of you tickets cash this week. Thanks for checking out Winning Cures Everything. If you want to keep up with us, hit subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Visit the website at winningcureseverything.com or you can like us on Facebook or follow us at Winning Cures, at Gary WCE, or at Chris B. Giannini on Twitter. Share out the show, leave a nice review, and make sure to comment and tweet at us. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.